Welcome to Sermons in the Park, a ministry exploring biblical truth from the Word of God, focusing on the truths that help us in our daily walk with Christ in every aspect of our lives. Now, here is your Reverend, Jamie McCaskill. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to an all-new Sermons in the Park podcast exclusive episode. As always, I am your Reverend Jamie McCaskill. Now, if it sounds a little bit different, I'm recording this in my bedroom instead of in the living room. I'm allowing my wife to, my wife wanted to watch something on TV, so I figured I'd come back here in my room and record this uh, podcast exclusive episode. Um, And you probably can hear the rain outside. But uh, today I was at a meeting with my team, and um, one of the people there, uh, John, asked about Jehovah's Witnesses, and and I've uh, covered them quite a few times um, in different podcast episodes. Um, I mean, I don't go, like, really deep dive into them, right? So, I thought today I'd do something a little different. So, when we're going through this, I won't be reading the verses, because this is going to be a really long podcast exclusive. Um, but I will be uh, giving you the verses so you can go look at them. Now, there are some spots where I might read the verses because I feel that it's important to do so. So, like I said, um, we've covered the Jehovah's Witnesses in previous episodes. But like I said, we've never done kind of a deep dive. So today, I wanted to give kind of a brief overview of some of the things that they believe, because let's, we all know, right? They, they go door to door, and you're going to run in. You, you can't avoid a run in with them eventually. Now they don't come to my house because I'm a preacher, and they they know that I can uh, just you know I can talk with them, right? And I can convince them of you know the, how wrong they are. So we're going to look at you know some of the things that they believe, and I'm going to use the Bible to just show you you know why they are wrong, where they are wrong, things like that. So, and uh, a lot of the resources that I'm going to use today to show you these things, um, you can find on your own, okay? Um, If you can get yourself an ESV study Bible, you you can find all this information in the very back of it. So, let us first look at um, their belief in the divine name because you see them right they're, they're they're called the jehovah's witnesses and that's because they have a belief that there is this one true name of god and that we need to use this name when we identify him and as you know that that name is jehovah and first off i want to talk before i even go into what i uh, my notes here I want you to know that J is not even a letter in the Hebrew alphabet. So if you were going to use Jehovah, it would be Yahovah. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But um, again, they believe that there's this one name. And and that's just not what the Bible tells us. Because in the Bible, we see God called by many, 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 many different names and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of those names here now. We 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 have just God, right? And that comes from the Hebrew word Elohim. And we see that right at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis 1:1. We then see, okay, God Almighty. 
And that comes from the Hebrew word El Shaddai. Um, that is found in Genesis 17.1. Now those two, because they're from Genesis, we've covered recently, right? And then we have Lord. Lord comes from the Hebrew word Adonai, which you can find in uh, Psalms 8.1. Okay? And then we have one that we almost all of us know, and that is Lord of Hosts. And that, again, comes from the Hebrew name, here we go, Yahweh. Yahweh Sebaot. And we find that one in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 3. Then, then when you get into the New Testament, okay, we see Jesus call God Father, which comes from the Greek word pater, or pater, whatever, and we see that in Matthew 6, 9. And, and the apostles, they also called God Father. And I do when I pray, and I'm sure some of you do. We see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Um, now that we're done with that one, Let's talk about their belief in the Trinity. And um, now I'm not going to name the person here, but I was recently contacted by a lady because, and I don't have her permission to talk about her. So, but she contacted me and she's one of those that, that don't believe in the Trinity. And I was, you know, explaining to her how, you know, the Bible teaches it, but um, she, she was not a Jehovah's witness. So, but she still has a problem with the Trinity. So anyway, let's look at the Trinity. Because the Jehovah's Witnesses, they believe that the Trinity is an unbiblical teaching. Why do they believe that? And, and you'll, you'll see a lot of people try to um, use the same excuse for a lot of different things, including homosexuality, because the word homosexual was not in the Bible because it didn't exist at the time. They used other words. But anyway... Um, the Jehovah's Witnesses say that the word Trinity is not in the Bible. And that may, you know, we can understand that one a little bit, right? And they also say that, that um, the Bible teaches that there is only one true God. Now, that is true. That is true. We see it in many, many places. And just to, just to name a few places where you can go see that there's only one true God, you got Isaiah 44 6. You got Isaiah 45 18. You got Isaiah again, chapter 46, verse 9. You have John, chapter 5, verse 44. You have 1 Corinthians, chapter 8, verse 4. And of course, you have James, chapter 2, verse 19. But, but, we also see the Bible say, um, well, I should say the Bible calls, you know, that there are three persons to God. You know, we have, or what I should say, the Bible calls three different per people God, okay? We see Father, that's in First Peter, chapter 1, verse 2. Now, unlike before, you know, like I said, how we, we weren't going to read those verses, we're going to read this these, because I feel that these verses are very important for us to read. We have 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Now, we also see Jesus called God. Yes, in the Bible, Jesus is called God. John chapter 20, verse 28. 
it says, And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. All right. Then if you go to Hebrews chapter 1 verse 8, we see, But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness in the scepter of thy kingdom. And then we have the Holy Spirit. Take a look with me at Acts chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Now notice, he said you lied to the Holy Spirit. And then he says you, you didn't lie to men, you lied to God, right? And then when we read, all three of them, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, all of them possess the attributes of a deity. We see omnipresence. That is mentioned in, in, in several verses. You know, Psalms 139.7, Jeremiah 23, verses 23 to 24, Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Okay, then we see omniscience. That's mentioned over in uh, Psalms 147, verse 5. John 16:30 and 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 10 and 11. Also, also omnipotence. That's mentioned in Jeremiah 20:32:17. John chapter 2 is a lot of verses. You see why we're not going to read a lot of these verses 1 to 11. And then of course Romans and 15 or, or I'm sorry, in Romans chapter 15 verse 19. And then of course Eternality, eternality, okay? That's mentioned in Psalms chapter 90, verse 2, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, Revelations chapter 22, verse 13. We also see that all of them, all of them, that Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, all of them were involved in the work of the deity as well. We'll just use one, the creation. We see the Father is mentioned in creation in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, right? We see the Father is involved in creation in Psalms chapter 102, verse 25. Then you have the Son, Jesus. He's mentioned as being part of creation in John chapter 1, verse 3. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. And then Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2. Of course, we have the Holy Spirit. He was also involved in, in, in creation as well, way back at the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Job chapter 33, verse 4. And Psalms in chapter 104, verse 30. I'm hoping that what I'm giving you here will help you, okay? But one more thing that I do want to point out before we, we move on from the Trinity the Bible tells us there are three in one in the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We'll read these verses as well, okay? So let's look at them. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Then we have 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14 
the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So in my opinion, in my opinion, and not just mine, many, many others, right? You hear it all the time. Many, many others. There's more than enough evidence right here that I just give you to support the teaching of the Trinity. Now, now that we've spoken about Jesus a little bit here, let's talk about what the Jehovah's Witnesses teach about Jesus. Not only believe it, they teach it. And this is where we get one of the major issues when you when you look at the Jehovah's Witnesses. Because you see, they teach, and like I said, believe that God, Jehovah, created Jesus as Michael. Yes, that Michael. Michael the Archangel. Michael, the, uh, the church of, as the Catholics call him, Saint Michael. That God created Jesus as Michael before he ever created the world. And that Jesus, as Michael, is a lesser God. Yes, he is a mighty God, right? But he's a lesser God. And the Bible makes it clear. Jesus is the, the eternal God. Okay? Take a look, and we're going to read this verse as well. John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Also, John chapter 8, verse 58 says, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. And now, now that I've said that, I want you to look at another verse with me. Right there where Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. Now, go over to Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. And you'll see that God says unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Jesus also has the same divine nature as his father. Look at John chapter 5, verse 18. Therefore the Jews sought, to, sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broke the Sabbath, but said also that God was his Father, making him equal with God. And then, John chapter 10, verse 30. I and my Father are one. And then we're also going to look at another one. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, we won't be doing it here, okay? <laughs> because if you've watched me long enough, you know that when I do this, I would be able to go on and on and on and on and on. But I'm going to ask you, to do this. I'm, I'm going to give you some verses and I want you to compare those two verses. We're going to do this with a few verses, but I want you to compare them because when you do, you're going to see that the Old Testament and the New Testament, when you compare these two verses, shows us that Jesus is equal to, as the Jehovah's Witnesses would call him, Jehovah. So compare these verses for yourself. I want you to do it for yourself because 
if I was to do it, like I said, I would go on and on and on, and we'd be here all day with this this little this little uh, podcast exclusive, which would be well, I don't know how many minutes could turn out to be an hour or two hours long. So let's compare some. Feel free to pause it if you need to, or just write them down and do it later. It's up to you. Isaiah chapter forty three verse eleven. I want you to compare that one with Titus chapter two verse thirteen. I want you to compare Isaiah chapter 44 verse 24 with Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. And then I want you to compare Isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 to 5. I want you to compare that one with John chapter 12 verse 41. But, but, if you are a Jehovah's Witness listening to me right now, and you refuse to believe whatever I said, to believe what you've just been shown, the word of God. I want you to answer a question for me. And this one right here is going to be very difficult for you. You're, you're going to probably go, I'm going to go back to the, the Watchtower organization, or I'm going to go back to the, the preacher of my church, or synagogue, whatever you guys call him. If Jesus is indeed Michael, that would mean that you would have to be convinced, thoroughly convinced, that something can create itself. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus himself created the angels. And we're going to read this verse. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him, for him. Now, and if you've been watching me long enough and you've been learning about demons and angels from me, then you know that thrones, dominions, and principalities, you know exactly what that's speaking of. Take a look again with me. John chapter 1 verse 13. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now then go and look at these two verses. John, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2. It says, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by him, by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom all things he made the worlds. Verse 10. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. And that's not even mentioned the fact. The angels worship Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 6. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. Now, what do you now? Let's talk about this. What do the Jehovah's Witnesses believe about Jesus when he was here on the earth, or as some people call it, the incarnation? Because you see, Jehovah's Witnesses they believe that when Jesus was born here on earth, he was just a human, that he was not God in the flesh. This right here again goes against what the Bible teaches us about the incarnate Jesus, that he was the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. 
Take a look at Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 and Philippians chapter 2 verses 6 to 7. When we look at the word that's used for fullness here, it's the Greek word pleroma, we see that it carries the idea of the sum total. Do you understand? There's a math word there for you. And then you have the word deity, which comes from the Greek word theotis. That refers to the nature, the being, as well as the attributes of God. So an incarnate Jesus, according to the Bible, wasn't, you know, was the sum total of the nature, the being, the attributes of God in bodily form. So yes, Jesus was indeed Emmanuel, or as the Bible says it, God with us. We'll give you some more verses to go look at. These guys will be listed below the podcast in the description. So if, you, if I'm getting too far ahead of you, you can find them down there. But we have Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. We have Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. We have John chapter 1, verse 1. John chapter 1, verse 14. John chapter 1, verse 18. John chapter 10, verse 30. John chapter 14, verse 9 and 10. So do you understand now why I give out the Gospel of John? Anyway, let's just keep going in line here, right? So we just talked about the Incarnation. Let's look at what they, what the, the Jehovah's Witnesses believe about the Resurrection. Because this is another huge, huge issue that I have with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Because they believe... That Jesus, yes, yes, they believe Jesus was resurrected. But they believe that he was resurrected spiritually from the dead. Not physical. Spiritually resurrected from the dead. But again, again, the this goes against the Bible. Because the Bible makes it very, very clear that this was not some kind of a spiritual resurrection, that it was a flesh and blood, or I should say flesh and bone resurrection. Take a look at Luke chapter 24, verse 39. Again, let's go back to the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verses 19 to 21, because Jesus, we see him eat food. And this is, this in and of itself, proves that it was genuine, physical body that was resurrected we see those over in luke chapter 24 verse 30 verses 42 to 43 we see john chapter 21 verses 12 to 13 because we also see the followers of jesus they confirm that it was his body because we read of them physically touching jesus matthew chapter 28 verse 9 john again chapter 20 verse 17 and with that in mind with that in mind Here's another one that I know a few of you were wondering about because when my when John at the meeting asked me about uh, uh, about the Jehovah's Witnesses, me and a couple other members were talking about this one as well. What about the second coming? What do they believe about the second coming? Coming, because again, this is something that I've already discussed once before, and I mentioned that during the meeting. I don't remember which episode it was. But yes, I talked about it in the previous one. So let's look at it anyway. Let's look at the second coming. Because you see, like we discussed last time, 
They believed that the second coming would be invisible. And they believed that it already happened. No, they believe it happened back in 1914. Why do they teach this? Because you see, their church's founder, I believe it was, predicted that it would happen in 1914. And when it didn't happen, they didn't want him to look like a fool. So they said, well, it did happen, but it was invisible. But the Bible tells us, tells us that it is that it's going to be a physical thing, and it's going to we're going to be it's going to be a visible thing as well. And then yes, it's going to happen in the future. We're getting really close. So look at some verses again. This will clear this up for you. Acts chapter one verses nine to eleven, Titus chapter two verse thirteen. This is going to be something that, that it will, that's going to be visible. It'll, it's going to be a visible cosmic event. We can tell that because of Matthew chapter 24, verses 29 to 30. Every, the Bible makes it very clear. Every eye is going to see Jesus. Okay? Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. So, moving on, let's look at their belief uh, about the Holy Spirit. Because the Jehovah's Witnesses, they believe and yes, teach that the Holy Spirit is an impersonal force of God. That it's not some kind of a distinct person. But again, this goes against what the Bible teaches. Because the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit has three attributes of a personality. And it shows us that it has a mind. That you can read in Romans chapter 8 verse 27. It has emotions. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. And it has its own will. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 11. And you've heard me repeatedly call it a hymn. Because the Bible gives it the pronouns. Acts chapter 13 verse 2. And brothers and sisters, that isn't even to mention how... He does things that only a person can do. He teaches. We see that in John chapter 14, verse 26. He testifies. Amen. John chapter 15, verse 26. He commissions. Acts chapter 13, verse 4. He issues commands. Amen. Acts chapter 8, verse 29. And of course, the, one of the most important things that we as Christians have him do, he intercedes. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Because when we pray, he takes our prayers to heaven. He makes sure they sound, the, 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 the God, he makes sure that we get them, right? He makes sure that what we really need is what we get. The Holy Spirit is indeed the third person of the Trinity. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Now, now let's get to the nitty-gritty. Let's get to the nitty-gritty. Let's talk about the teachings of salvation. Because you see, Jehovah's Witnesses, they believe in the sal that salvation requires faith in Christ. None of, us are gonna, none of us are gonna deny that. They believe that it also requires that requires you to be associated with God's organization. Did you catch that? That you be in association with God's organization. That means their own religion, the, the Jehovah's Witness Church. 
as well as obedience to their, the Jehovah's Witnesses, rules. Do you see the problem here? That is a works-based faith. Obedience to rules as a requirement for salvation directly nullifies the gospel. Because if you and I could be saved by good works, if you and I can be saved because we didn't lie, cheat, steal, all these things... If we could be saved that way, why did Jesus come? You're nullifying the gospel. You're nullifying the gospel here. Take a look at Galatians chapter two, verses sixteen to twenty-one. Take a look at Colossians chapter two, verses twenty to twenty-three. Our salvation, yours and mine is purely and wholly based on grace. Do you understand me here? And unlike that email that I received <laughs> from someone I'm not going to discuss, grace is not a deity. It's not a false god. Grace literally means unmerited favor. That means you and I cannot earn it Nothing we do will get us grace because it's given to us freely. That would be like going to your birthday party and not getting a gift and your dad saying, well, you didn't earn it. You went to a birthday party. There's your gift. It's free. You don't need to earn it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Our, our salvation is not based on our performance. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't do good things, because you should. But you do not get salvation because of those good things. We do those good things because we have salvation. It's a sign that we have salvation. It's a sign that we're a different person. Do you understand? Take a look. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. Titus chapter 3, verses 4 to 8. Now, I, I want to talk about this. Um, that is why a lot of people will go, Well, they sit and talked with me for hours and hours in my home about Jesus. I'm glad they did. But you got to realize something. That's because... They're required to not visit. Well, this is where people get confused. It's not about how many houses they visit. It's not about how many people they visit. To the church, they're required to donate, or to, they're required to spend so many hours evangelizing. That's why they walk so slow from door to door. That's why they take their time when talking to you. Because they're supposed to spend a certain amount of time doing it. And that, because I know that, is one of the reasons they don't stop at my house no more. <laughs> now, let's talk about something that I found uh, um, interesting. 
as when I, as I've been studying the Jehovah's Witness Church, because they believe that there are two different groups of people, um, of God, too many, two two groups of people of God. The first one is the anointed. The anointed class are those uh, are what you're really familiar with, and that's that 144,000 people who will live in heaven and rule with Jesus. And then you have the second group. That's the what they call the other sheep. This is talking about people like, you know, who just are believers. And that these people will live forever on, you know, in paradise, earth. It's the second earth as we call it. The Bible again, this shows us that this teaching is false. You're not going to find it anywhere in there. All of us that are followers of Christ have a heavenly destiny that's destiny that's waiting for us. We see that in John chapter 14 verse 1 to 3, John chapter 17 verse 24, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 1, Philippians chapter 3 verse 20, Colossians chapter 1 verse 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16 and of course Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. Not only that, not only do we have that heavenly destiny awaiting us, but we're all going to dwell on that new earth together. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 13, Revelations chapter 21 verses 1 to 4. Now, also the Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe in the immaterial soul. That's right. They do not believe that humans have an immaterial nature. The soul to them is simply the life force inside of the human. And that at death, this life force is going to leave the body. Okay? But again, the Bible contradicts this. And you've noticed I've been saying this a lot. But which teaching comes from God? Not the Jehovah's Witness teaching. The Bible teaches this. So if the Bible contradicts it, it's not true. So are you seeing why the Jehovah's Witness people always have to quote-unquote check with the elders or to look at the Watchtower books? Because the Bible shows us that the soul is multifaceted. One of the key meanings of the soul is our is our immaterial self that this immaterial self consciously survives after we die take a look at genesis chapter 35 verse 18 and revelations chapter 6 verses 9 and 10 yes an unbeliever a sinner will live in or will be in conscious woe after they die because they're going to be in hell Matthew chapter 13 verse 42, Matthew chapter 25 verse 41 and 46, Luke chapter 16 verses 22 to 22 to 24, Revelations chapter 14 verse 11. Believers, Christians, true Christians, honest Christians will have a consciousness of bliss in heaven. 
1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 6 to 8, Philippians chapter 1 verses 21 to 23, and of course Revelations chapter 7 verse 17 and chapter 21 verse 4. So you might be asking yourself, well, preacher, if they don't believe in the immortal soul, do they believe in hell? Well, they Jehovah's Witnesses believe that hell is not a place of eternal suffering. Okay? Uh, instead, they believe it is just the common grave for humans. Uh, they, they believe that wicked, sinful people will be annihilated. They will be snuffed out. Their consciousness gone forever. They... Again, the Bible tells us that, that hell is a real place. That hell is a real place where sinners are, are consciously and eternally suffering. Um, there's so many verses that you can go look at to prove this. And again, if the Bible tells us that something is, something is then it is. It's you. You hear you. If you follow me on Facebook, you're seeing me constantly telling you. If the Bible says it's a sin. It's a sin. It doesn't matter what you think or what I think. Okay, so so revel. Uh, what we read about hell. When you if you want to look at it, it's in Matthew chapter five verse twenty two, Matthew chapter twenty five verse forty one and forty six, Jude chapter seven. The entire chapter, Jude chapter seven. Revelations chapter 14 verse 11 of course Revelations chapter 20 verse 10 and then the in, in, in verse 14 as well so um, I hope that you got something out of this I, I, I also thought about doing one on um, just kind of uh, 10 thing you know it wouldn't have been all of this it just would have been a little, just a little bit to, so you can get to know more about the jehovah's witness church you know um it's founding it's uh, all that good stuff um well <laughs> not so good but all of that stuff the founding of the church and you know things like that if that's something you're interested in um message me uh or email me or something and i'll be glad to uh do that you know because uh, I, I've been doing a lot of research on it. Um, I've been, you know, here lately, I, I, I've been helping, I helped a lady recently who was a former Jehovah's Witnesses, and I work with a guy who was a former Jehovah's Witness, and he was surprised by some of the stuff I knew, and uh, yeah, it, it was pretty uh, interesting. So if that's something you're interested in hearing about, you know, definitely send me a message or, or, or an email or leave a voicemail on the um the sermons in the park voicemail, and I'll be glad to, to, to do a little bit more about that. So, um, I pray that the Lord, you know, is blessed and kept kept you all. I pray that you know you got a little something out of this. Uh, this one went a little longer than I thought it would. I actually could have stretched that longer. I could have read the verses, and it wouldn't have made it that long. It's only 38 minutes so far. So I pray the Lord continues to bless and keep all of you. I'll I'll talk to you all again soon. I love you. God bless you. Thank you again. You have been listening to Sermons in the Park with Rev. Jamie McCaskill. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, BitChute, and Rumble. And as always, thank you for listening.